Welcome to Beer Supervision, the podcast that we talk about the joys of working in mental health over a cold, cold brew. And this is the fourth time we're doing it for this season. Jesse's really yes. opposed to me saying the numbers of episodes because I think he feels like it's too convoluted, but I'm sticking to it. I refuse. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't have too much of a problem with it <laughs> if you could keep up to date with what numbers are up to. We definitely got one of, I definitely got one of them wrong because yeah. we recorded them in the wrong order. Yeah. <laughs> Like last episode was like the second episode. Yeah. I hope our <laughs> listeners didn't pick up on that one. <laughs> Certainly did. Um, yeah, no, we're we're hardened professionals. Yes, yes, we are, and we're yeah. back, and we're, we're back. back. Yes. Very exciting. Yeah. Ah, okay, cool. Um, int- really interesting topic this week. I'm very interested to hear what exciting knowledge you've um, cooked up. No, cooked up seems wrong. That would imply that you made it up. I didn't cook it at all. Uh, (laughs) I found it. It's raw. Yeah. Raw data. Yeah. Raw data. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. yeah. About um, technology and how we use it to, I guess, treat or work with mental health. Something like that. Yes. I, I, um, when I came to you, Aaron, and I said, oh, we should do a pod on, on technology and, and how it, um, you know, has been changing mental health. I thought, yeah, this must be pretty straightforward. But it's not. Um, and it's quite actually quite quite a broad topic, Aaron. <laughs> and Just, yeah, look, we probably should have seen that coming. Yeah. Just the, the general concept of technology. Yeah. Foresight is not one of my strong points. Um, and and here we are. But here so I've are. had to. I've I've kind of narrowed it down to a few sort of like key takeaway points that I um good I got from from it, and a few areas that I thought would be worthwhile discussing. Mm. Um, and so I'm, I'm, yeah, pretty, pretty keen to share what Good. I, um, uh, what I found. I'm a big fan of dot points and short bite-sized knowledge. Oh, very good. It's good. Yeah. That's what I want. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep this Delicious. episode to about five minutes then. Oh yeah. Sick. Uh, sick. <laughs> <laughs> it's about my attention span. Um, yeah, cool. All right. Um, excited to get into it. Yes. Uh, but first of all, what are we drinking today? Yes. Exciting. So Aaron and I went down to the Dan Murphy's together today. With it together? Yes. As a couple. Um, as a couple, mm. um, which is opposed to the beer that we got, which is a single hop. Oh, <laughs> so, um, We did not go as a single. I was not planning that. We went as a that couple. that works very well. Yeah, yes. Good, good. Um, we have got the Moobrew Single Hop Tazzy Pale Ale. What, what does it mean for something to be single hop? Do most... Beers have multiple hops in them. Is that why this is special? Um, I have no idea, Aaron. Jesse, um, you're from Tasmania. You should know. I'm not from Tasmania. You've been I, to Tasmania for, for a couple dec- of years. Ma- ma- enough time for me to think of you as Tasmanian. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think that's fair. Um, I shouldn't have to know everything about Tasmania. <laughs> <laughs> it's your responsibility. Um, yeah, cool. Um, so it's from good old Bridgewater, Tasmania. Um, I assume it's good and old, um, Bridgewater. Yes. Yeah. Good. Yes, of course. It's, um, as, as always, uh, we were, we were sold on the, I think the, it's a nice can. can. Like it's not like, it's not too overstated. It's got like a weird abstract cow, I think. Also giraffe. Oh, that is, it says on the back here, this is, uh, this beer features John Kelly's art. Uh-huh. We hacked it to fit on the can. Yeah, no. he uh, he let us. <laughs> I think it looks really nice. It's not too like over designed like a lot of like other cans we've mm. done. Good. I like how we've stopped just like reviewing beers and we're just reviewing cans. I, now. I, hey, I, uh, I, I once upon a time I might have been a graphic designer. So that's yes. my area. Okay. That's my wheelhouse. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, I appreciate it. I think this is a nice looking mm. looking beer. Yeah, yeah. And a nice looking can. But Aaron, I'm I'm a little bit interested. You've what is that mug you've got there on the on the Ooh, table? I've got a special mug to drink this beer out of, which I'm very excited about. It is a nice clean white mug with some blue highlights. And on the front is our logo, Beer Supervision. We're a real podcast oh, now. Wow. We have a mug. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to create a merch store. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, a lovely gift from our... Uh, Great friend and friend of the podcast, um, Emily Unity. Yes. Nice. Thank you yes. very much for this incredible mug. Yes, thank um, you. We're drinking thank my you. beer out of it. Thank you, Emily, for getting Aaron one. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if, if you're aware of this. Um, you, you should be. You, you, you featured on one of the episodes. There are actually two people 
uh, who, Look, who are like some, it, key I, to this podcast. It's easy to forget, honestly. Like I, I wouldn't. It's you know. I think I think I'll let her leave. Let her leave it. You know, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. Don't worry, don't worry um, about it. <laughs> worry delete about it. delete the podcast with Emily off the. Uh, <laughs> No, it's, it's our best one. You can't do that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's crack it open. Yeah. Moo brew. Oh, oh no, it's yeah. so bubbly. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm going to try and pour mine into this mug without making it too frothy. Oh, no, nah, it's real frothy, eh? It's the most frothy beer I've ever drunk. Oh, that is a. It is mostly yep. you. You, just um, you would not make a, a mm. good bartender, I don't think, Aaron. Ooh. That is all head. I used to be a bartender. Clearly, Did you really? Clearly not a good one. Oh wow. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I mean, like I was very young and not a good bartender, but it was a mm. job. It was paid money. Anyway, <laughs> enough about my like my life as a bartender. Um, let's get on to uh, the topic. What, mm. what are we starting with? Um, what's the? Well, what, what do you want to? Where do you want to go? What? What? Well, what do you we'll, we'll get there. Aaron. Oh, don't, right. Don't you worry about that. Oh, okay. Um, All right. I, I, I think. Um, I guess just as a bit of an an, mm. an opening sort of comment. Um, I I really like the. Um, I guess where I think technology can take mental mental health care, mm. um, and I, I think it's really exciting to to think of the ways that. The, um, how we provide mental health care mm-hmm. um, can change with the uh, application of some really, you know, clever and well thought out um, technological enhancements. Oh. Um, when you think about like technology, Aaron, and, and impacting on mental health or, um, you know, the, the treatment of it, what's probably the, the one thing that is like, you know, screams to the forefront of your mind? Think about technology and mental yeah. health. Oh, I mean, probably like mindfulness apps and stuff, right? Yeah, and that's that's pretty like a pretty like ubiquitous kind of thing when people talk about mental health and technology. It's like the one where it's like guides you through meditations and things like that. Mm. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think yeah, there's definitely loads of um, of mental health related mm. apps and and um, mm. you know out there for for our phone. It's kind of like you know, you're a therapist in your pocket, isn't it? And <laughs> yeah. um, helping helping like guide you when maybe uh, you're, you're having a bit of a struggle, like you know, Smiling Mind. Uh, I know, yeah, like yeah. Black Dog Institute. I'm pretty sure have their their mm. own ones. Beyond Blue. They all do them. I think that's a really really like solid. Um, introduction no not introduction addition that's the word I was after addition, addition okay. to like you know mental health care when I when I think I guess um the one thing over the last like couple of years it has become like mm. really quite pronounced in in the way that technology I think has changed mental health care mm. is um is probably telehealth Oh yeah, I mean, fair. Yeah, good yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, for and sure. All right. It's so interesting because I was I was doing a bit of research on on telehealth. Yeah, yeah. Because I thought, okay, this is something that's really quite you know at the forefront of mm. of technology and 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 mental health care. Mm. And um, I was doing the research on it, and it, it it's like even though I knew you could do telehealth before the pandemic, it was like still <laughs> like really quite shocking to be like, wait, wait a minute, there's studies about this before Both. COVID. <laughs> What is going on here? What is this yeah. Skype? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but definitely an area of mental health care that has um, really um, been catapulted into the limelight mm. with uh, with the COVID, COVID pandemic. So I feel like it would be um, criminal of us, Aaron. Criminal. Criminal to not have a bit of a chat about telehealth mm. and how that has, uh, you know, the, the technological. Yeah. Uh, aspect what, of that. What is. kind of um, criminal pe- penalties do you think uh, we would face if we didn't mention telehealth? How many years would we get? Life. L- oh, yeah, yeah. Look, that's, yeah. That's Curtly, successive <laughs> life sentences. <laughs> Try tried in 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 the states. Such a punitive <laughs> system. I don't know if I like mm. this. I think we need to overthrow yeah. the government. Um, <laughs> my secret politics. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, what were we saying? Yeah, so, yeah, but essentially, like, um, it's like, te- like, the pandemic has forced a lot of organizations that may have dragged their feet with technology for so mm. long to, like, be like, no, you have to use this now. You have to set up a telehealth infrastructure in the mm. matter of months, which 
in my experience, sometimes didn't go too well, but eventually got there, I guess. Yes, we were dragged kicking and screaming into <laughs> into the 21st century, like, weren't with we? With a lot of broken, glitchy video calls. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I just remember, this is just a bit of, bit of a side story, but I, I remember like um, when when I started like doing a bit of work from home. Yeah. For the uh, for the one one of the places I've I've worked for in the past, I, I won't name names. Um, <laughs> like I logged on to like the server, and it was it was like Office, um, like server Microsoft server. Yeah. Um, I think it was like 2012. 2012, or oh, some yeah. really really yeah, old yeah, 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 old yeah, yeah. version of it. Actually, it could have even been like earlier. Yeah, in the two thousands, and I was just like, holy moly. <laughs> Oh god! <laughs> yeah, things don't get fixed unless they're broken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, no, I think um, it uh, it was interesting here. You kind of say like you know we were kind of dragged into that, and there was that like you know maybe a bit of apprehension around telehealth to, to mm. start off with. Because one of the one of the things I really found um, when I was looking at telehealth, I was looking at both like the experience that users get and the benefits of that, but also mm. what clinician experiences have have been like with with telehealth yeah. as well. And one of the like uh, like key findings with like clinicians who are providing um you know that 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 care is it's like um concerns around their ability to establish a therapeutic alliance while doing it over telehealth and like Mm. this sense of like we're unfamiliar with this this style of engaging in therapy yeah and therefore we have a bit of that apprehension around it but then you know studies have shown that the more people engage in it the more familiar they they get with it the more competent they feel with okay. the, the systems that they're using mm. that 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 all kind of is that is that to, is that like the, go away. is that the confidence or is that the actual efficacy because i feel like in my experience like i can become more comfortable with doing telehealth but i still feel like there is some like there's the, the there's something lost in trying to communicate via telehealth that I can't really capture unless I'm in a, in the room with them. Yeah, right? yeah. No, I, th- I think I, yeah, the, I'd, I'd agree with that. And so, um, not not saying that you um, it once you get familiar with it, it's the same as as mm. that because I think you know, you, as, as you've kind of pointed out there, nothing can really take away from that being in in the room with someone and and experiencing that with them. Yeah. But um, just that sense of you know, as that. Um, you know, competence around using some of those systems mm. and having more familiarity with it and using systems that are good yeah. at what they do, how much that just improves the quality of care, people's confidence and their willingness to use um, those services, which I think is really quite um, quite interesting because it ties into something I want to speak a little bit more to um, mm. later on in the um, in in the episode, which is if we y- are going to be like using these services and and applying um, you know advancements in technology with that, they need to be they need to be up to the task. They mm. need to be well like established, well researched, and and constantly like. Yeah, improved. we kind of just like throw technology at things and hope it gets better. Mm. Yeah, mm. I mean, that's the same thing with like any kind of therapeutic approach, right? Yeah, but I guess maybe like, do you think we are like a bit more willy nilly with technology? We're like, oh, it's new and technology, it'll probably be good, and people are more willing to just kind of see how it goes, yeah, as opposed to like an like a, a, a traditional therapeutic approach. Yeah, so I, I'm not. I think there's definitely a lot of apps out there that, um, are, you know, just being created um, to help out with with mental health care, and mm. yeah, they they probably go in it with with the best intentions. Yeah. yeah. Um, but some of them, um, you know, there's questions around the the efficacy of of the you know say like apps that are that are being made, and and the fact that there's no regulation around that. As well, yeah. Again, this is going to be something I'll speak a little bit more to. I think. Yeah. Later. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. But um, I think going going back to telehealth, it's um, it's been something that um has been has been researched for quite a while. Yeah. (laughs) In like before the pandemic, and um, I think um, you know, I mentioned it uh when we started the podcast all those years ago, Aaron, that I, I, I feel like it's a shame that it took a global pandemic for, for this to actually kick off. Mm. Um, in terms of experiences of, of people, 
<laughs> my throat just made a bit of a noise. Um, so sorry, everyone. <laughs> in terms of um, um, you know, our, our patients' experience of telehealth, mm. what would you, what would you say about that, Aaron? Hmm. How do you um, think that's been? I. It's a bit of a mixed bag, I think. Like, I think some people I've worked with really just really dislike it to the point where some of them just will refuse. We'll be like, I've done telehealth before. It sucks. Mm. I just want to see someone face to face. And if and if we're in a lockdown, we can't see them face to face. They'll just be like, I'll just wait. Yeah. Like so some people really just do not engage well with it. Don't like it. Some people are like, it's fine, I guess. Like, it's, it's quite a spectrum actually. And then some people, and some people like, are like either way is kind of fine but at the same time even those people i when i work with them i get i definitely get a better sense of i get us more of a sense that more work was able to be done while i'm with them even though they mm. don't necessarily like say this is definitely my preference but then there's definitely people who genuinely prefer it because mm. i think the le- it's less confrontational to be go to some foreign environment that you're not familiar with and see someone face to face and like be stuck in a room with them well as opposed to just being in a comfortable space like your bedroom and being mm. able to like have that kind of a bit of a distance between this person you're speaking to yeah so yeah i think it's a bit of a mix and though uh, yeah but i think probably on the whole like like more broadly i would say i find it personally just hot like yeah, I, I find it more difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and so you know, there, there is always going to be that element of personal preference around it, mm. like you know whether or not you prefer to um, attend sessions with your your therapist face to face or, mm. or online. Um, well, yeah, as as the, mm. the therapist, we we have our own personal preference. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Sometimes that chops and changes depending on who you're working with. Um, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, but the you know the the research is 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 out there, and it, it's it's telling us that. Um, the, the effectiveness is um, essentially on par with with face to face. Really, um, that blows my mind. Yeah, honestly. so the the, the mm. outcomes um, um, are, are really quite similar. I I I'm struggling to believe that's the case. That yeah. is so. I think it kind of ties into really? when you think about what you were kind of mentioning before, Aaron, about how some people mm. really get around it, some people don't. Yeah, yeah, that's true of any sort of like therapy or therapist in general though isn't it it's like you can mm. go to one therapist and 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 you might get around that you might really gel with them yeah. and a lot of your outcomes are you know are based on that yeah um and so if we're if we're working with with people i think um you know as, as always it needs to be really quite client-led yeah. if someone is wanting like you know to say look I, I i think that telehealth is is the way that i'd like to go with it now um you know, is, is forcing them into coming into face-to-face sessions going to be therapeutically beneficial for them? Yeah, sure. Okay. When we know that the the efficacy of telehealth-related appointments is, um, you know, yeah. when when applied um, appropriately, is 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 as, as effective as. Okay. So is this is this like across sessions. all contexts, or is it like specific kinds of therapy, or the study doesn't say. Um, so they didn't really go the, I guess the research that I was looking at didn't really go into the specifics of, of different contexts. I think in order for that to happen, I guess like you've got to, I think like within pop certain populations, you probably, probably could, but mm. then it's like, you've, you've then got to like, if we're, if we're saying like different therapeutic modalities and stuff like that as well, mm. that's, that's, I think that there's requires a very very broad yeah. scope of, of research to because like i want like, like for example like look into could you effectively do like an acute assessment or risk assessment or something like that over video call as effectively mm. as as face-to-face just depending on preference i don't know i don't know like if it's like being able to read body language clearly mm. really is dependent on you i'm mean, like it's very hard to do that over video call and that like, you can't really control the environment to be able to necessarily do that as effectively as you'd like yeah but yeah, i guess that isn't necessarily mm. effectiveness but yeah I, don't know. I guess they were um the, the research is probably and i mean it, there would be research out there i think on on that specific population mm. of, of how effectively it works i think the research i was looking at was more for therapeutic outcomes just sure. generally so improvements okay. in um I think they were using the DAS as one of their their like main scales, so the the depression and anxi- anxiety and stress scales. So, sure, okay. Um, objective sort of um, 
improvements in that. Mm. Um, you know, we're, we're presented as being quite comparable to to face to face therapy. There you go. Yeah. All right. Let's shut down all the agencies and everybody work from home. It's just as effective, guys. <laughs> no, Aaron, that, is, that is not. That is not the takeaway message from this. It should be client led. <laughs> I think I think workplaces need to be flexible around around what they how they apply therapy okay, okay, and yeah. and and you know maybe maybe it should be a part of like that initial sort of um, intake uh, client form sort of process like and and I'm sure many places probably do this now is is that sense of um, having the option to say I, I would like my sessions to be telehealth mm. um, rather than face to face yeah uh, right. I think for people who are you know really quite um, maybe apprehensive or anxious about going to therapy mm-hmm. can definitely see where, um, you know, starting off at least sessions in, in telehealth could be really quite beneficial for them. Okay. Mm. How are you going with the beer? How are you feeling about I'm, it? I'm feeling, I'm feeling fine about yeah. the beer. Yeah. Yeah. Tastes like a beer, doesn't see, it? Yes. You just poured some more of that beer into the, yeah. the mug. This one's that, much better. Less, a lot less foam. I'm getting better, <laughs> reclaiming my skills. Uh, I actually haven't had too much time. You, you've had much more time, I think, to drink the beer than me. Oh yeah, you've been yeah. talking a lot. Mm. Um, honestly, yeah, it's it's good so far. I don't mm. have any strong thoughts about it, to be honest. It doesn't like hit me with anything too unusual, but I'll think about it a bit more. Mm. But yeah, look, if you want a pale ale, it's not bad. It's, it's, it's no, a, we're not it's, even at the end, Aaron. Hey, it's a cow. What do you want? You can't, you can't <laughs> oh, do oh, that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't give it a review. I can't tell you what I think. <laughs> there is a structure oh, and no. you must follow it. <laughs> um, but going out, I guess, a little yeah. bit more broadly. Yeah, right. Um, when you think about, I guess, technology and mental health, Aaron. Mm. So like, let's go. Let's, let's step aside from telehealth. Yeah. And go to maybe some of those more like those apps that you were were talking about. Yeah. yeah. Or like even things like, you know, games or um, other services that are out there. Mm. What do you think are, can be some of the pros of augmenting technology with mental health care? I guess like theoretically it means that people have easy access to some form of support and intervention at all times Mm -hmm. like it's not dependent on a person being paid in a certain time and a certain hour to do stuff yeah um and so people can access it when it's convenient for them and when they have the time or whatever um and less i mean maybe like probably like financially less intensive less theoretically less time commitment or like less organizational time required you can just fit in between things yeah i mean there's a lot of I guess, theoretical benefits, I suppose. It depends on whether those kind of, like, come together for the person. Like, it might be that the structure means that it kind of forces someone to concentrate on something and work on it for a certain period of time, whereas an app would... An app requires a lot of kind of self-driven kind of Mm. motivation, Mm. which for someone with a particular mental illness may be very difficult to kind of get yourself to, like, dedicatedly be like, I'm going to do this next bit and I'm going to do this next bit and when I'm feeling like this, I'm going to take out the app and do this thing. It's like, you know, it's not where everyone is at. Mm. That can be difficult. Yeah. 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 No, I think definitely you, you've, you've highlighted a few really, really good points there. And I think on the, uh, you know, on the pros, I think like convenience and time, mm. time. Um, I don't know what word I'm looking to com- combine <laughs> with time there. Um, yeah. 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 Um, I agree what you're saying. Yeah. Like it, it, can fit very easily into the space in your life that you want to fit yeah, into. Yeah. Um, that's exactly where I was, where I was wanting to go with that. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, but I think one of the ones that I, I kind of really liked about, about one of the pros was completely unrelated to user experience at all, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. which is probably not the best thing because okay. we, we should be looking yeah. at user experience, but it's the ability, I think for apps like that to collect like objective data. Oh, so you, you're, 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 you're thinking Zuckerberg is like the solution to mental health, right? No, collect not, more data and we'll figure it out. I think not so much, not so much in the sense of like the, 
the organizations that are like creating the apps, collecting like the data um, and like, you know, selling that off to, to big companies. No. Selling it off to no. big mental health. I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, would it really matter? Anybody who's connected to like, you know, social media and that anyway is already selling oh, all the data wow, in the Jesse. world. Oh, so, Don't, don't I mean, preach to me about your anti-social media bias. No, no, no. I mean, I just think it would be a bit rich to kind of be like, oh, this app's tracking my data while like, you know, in the meantime, I'm just posting a whole bunch of shit on Instagram and Facebook. <laughs> no, um, I am in control yeah. of who takes my data. You're right. <laughs> I only want Zuckerberg to have my data, and that's my choice. Uh, more so in the sense, Aaron, of like, let's say you have an app that is tracking your ratings over time of like how your mood is going, how you're feeling, like um, you, mm. you know, how you're engaging with the with treatment and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's some stuff that we can kind of use, I think, as as clinicians to then kind of look back in and like, you know, retrospectively between sessions and be like, you know, what, what was going on on, on this day? Or mm. it's like stuff that can demonstrate that during, you know, outside of the therapeutic session when they're rating these things, like, you know, when they're actually in the context in which they need to be used, mm. how they're going with that. Mm. Um, so stuff like that, like being able to collect data, which is, I know you're a bit anti-data, Aaron, but... <laughs> I think if we want to make technology, um, I'm, I'm, I'm ex- explicitly opposed to ones yeah. and zeros and yeah. storing them. Just hate data. Never store them. <laughs> Bits. If, Get them out of here. If we want, if we want further advancements, I think in the in the area of like mental health and and technology, we are going to have to collect some form of data so sure, that, sure. so that we can do research and and. And um, you know, demonstrate that the tools that we're actually using are working, <laughs> sure. because at the end of the day, that's the most important part. Sure, I think yeah. uh, if you're a clinician listening to this episode and you're thinking I'd like to use um, more technology in my, um, you know, the application of, of my mental health care, be it through say um, VR or um, certain VR. Uh, what, what virtual it? reality um, okay. or certain like platforms for providing um, you know telehealth services I think making sure that the the services that you're using that you've researched that they've got good sort of like research behind them mm. um, to show that the tools that we are using actually do what yeah. they say that they are doing yeah so I think you just like Google a random app and be like, oh, this app looks pretty good. Yeah, yes. why don't you use this? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And and that's I think where I, where I was talking about like a little bit earlier, where it was like, um, it's kind of there's there's no onus on people who make those apps at the end of the day to kind of demonstrate that mm. what they are doing work. And there's no body on like you know the the app store that's regulating that. And so if you wanted to, you could just be like, I'm going to make a mental health app. I'm going to make an app that like, you know, um, yeah, helps people meditate or helps people do all of these things. And then I'm going to, I'm going to put a spiel on it about how this helps reduce, um, you know, anxiety, depression, all of those sort of symptoms. But I have no research. I've done, there's no research into it to actually prove that what I'm saying this app does, mm. um, does exactly that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when, when, when we talk about mental health care, I think, you know, being grounded in, in good research and good literature is really, really important. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it makes me think about, like, um, I guess, like, obviously, like, there's an um, importance to, um, yeah, like, research-based treatments and things like that, especially in healthcare. But also, like, it reminds me of, like, people who, like, maybe, like, will recommend people maybe just go and you know do a bit of meditation that might be helpful like like kind of very loose kind of like recommendations for things that might be helpful for them Mm. and i feel like that's reasonable right it's it's not like it's like you're giving someone just like a here are some kind of like lifestyle kinds of things that some people have found helpful that maybe you could try maybe it'll fit for you and it's it's not that they're like here's a research study showing how this particular kind of meditation is going to be helpful to only do meditation that has like a research backing. It's kind of like there's an element of it where it's like a a person kind of discovering the kinds of things that work for them, regardless of whether, uh, you know, someone has done research about it to prove that it 
does work or not. So I feel like there's like a there's some kind of balance there maybe. I don't know. Or maybe they're like that's not the place of a professional mental health person to be kind of guiding someone in that kind of thing. I don't know. What do you well, think? I think um you know in in psychology we we ground the therapeutic approaches that we we provide in 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 research. Mm. We're, we're we're scientist practitioners. We oh, okay. We yeah. we um, do do research on on techniques that work. Yeah, and because we know that they work, we then apply them to um, the work that we do. I, I get what you're saying in that, like, um, yeah, like I don't have a specific example because it's not like something that I regularly yeah. do or anything. It just like it's just something that I've definitely observed that exists in the mental health sector as people kind of, I guess like guiding people to look at the kind of spectrum of things that yeah. are available but, to them and trying to find the thing yeah. that works for them regard and not being like, this is a thing that is proven to be effective mm. to this thing. But, but I think you'll find like a lot of the things that say we, you know, you, you can recommend of like the broad spectrum of things mm. like, you know, do, do some meditation. That's, yeah. There is research grounding that, yeah, that sure. meditation yeah, yeah, is, yeah, is effective, yeah. or like you know, go do some exercise. It doesn't like you know, let's. It doesn't have to be a specific form of exercise, but we know that exercise has these benefits. We know that the, there's a huge impact between say like diet, sleep, mm. exercise, and our overall mental health. Yeah, these are the you know the three pillars of yeah, of, yeah. of of good mental health. At yeah, the end of the day, that's that's grounded in research. Mm. Yeah, that's. Yeah, like I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like disagreeing with you. I'm just like, yeah. Um, I'm just trying to like how how do you integrate the kind of like desire to be like I want to make sure that everything I recommend, everything that the person who's in my care does, is founded on correct, like it's founded on well, at least well researched ideas. So there's a good chance that it will be effective or has like a strong chance of being effective as opposed to just like random chance, but also kind of giving people that we work with the freedom to explore ways of working on their mental health that work for them in conjunction Mm. with the, with the kind of the clinical, potentially clinical lens that Mm. we bring to Therapy, not every mental yeah. health condition has a clinical mental health condition, but like, I mean, if if someone, I mean, but like, if know. someone came into therapy and, and they were like, look, I, I downloaded this app over the, you know, between sessions and like, you know, it's this meditation app and it's been really quite helpful for me. And, and it turns out that that has not been grounded in any sort of research, but it's proving to be positive. You're not, mm. you're not going to say, delete <laughs> that app right now. <laughs> Get rid of that. That is, that is not grounded in research. Um, you know, you, you obviously want to want to be led by yeah, your client yeah. as well, and and you know, as you, you're very right, you, you, we we need to give them the autonomy to kind of make those decisions as well. Mm. I guess it's more in the sense of like if you're going to be recommending that your clients are using certain apps, I think it's probably worthwhile having a bit of a look at just where those apps sure. are, are coming from. Yeah, um, and if there is a solid, you know, evidence base suggesting that what they're they're claiming it's doing yeah is actually doing that mm, okay yeah. yeah makes sense yeah yeah um okay well, but so that's i oh, guess what? um yeah maybe maybe more so what um some of the cons around some of those those um technological advancements is mm. you know are they are they grounded in that research that's that's one of the big ones that is i think highlighted in in the literature around around this area <laughs> it makes me think of like vr when you when you think like is it really effective it's like vr like it just just because of how like new and kind mm. of cool and interesting it is it just kind of like makes it just you, you think like you, someone's like oh vr could be the next frontier of this or that mm. or like you know finance or mental health or whatever and it, yeah. and, you, and you're, just, you're just like mm, yeah of course i mean vr's crazy of course it can do anything like it's like it, it just kind of makes you feel like of course there is yeah. a place for it but like you don't necessarily like it, it just it's just so it's just so it's such a new thing that's like yeah. how could you possibly really know vr is another one of those things that yeah. has actually been around for a, for a little while yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. yeah there's research studies um but like, yeah. yeah dating dating back um mm. yeah close close to a decade on on, mm. on vr yeah, yeah. and um 
yeah, like it, it is it is still a technology that's in its infancy, but yeah. but that's that's science at the end of the day, isn't it? Sure. Like, you know, we're constantly mm. um, you know, looking to improve those um you know, the research behind that. We're constantly doing more more studies to confirm that this is this is actually um, you know, efficacious and that it's it's doing what we, we, we say it wants to do. And and, and VR's not not exempt from that mm. either. There's um, you know, good evidence at the moment to to suggest that um, VR therapy is is quite promising for cool. um, yeah. anxiety related disorders. One of the one of the things I I was um, I was reading, which I was like, mm. yeah, of course that makes sense. Was then there were so one of the limitations they were talking about was yeah. well, there's a hell of a lot of anxiety disorders out there, and not a whole bunch of studies on <laughs> on all of those different disorders. So uh, it's like okay. we know that it's it's proven to have you know a pretty good pretty good effect. But we need we need the technology to continue advancing. We need the studies to be be working on these so, disorders. Yeah. So for like anxiety and VR, like my what I imagine that would look like would be like exposure therapy. So like kind of like a, a simulated scenario that would make someone anxious. So they go into it in kind of like a a safe like a safer yeah. space where it's yeah. not really real, and they can kind of train themselves well, to it. like. I mean, e- confront it yeah the reason vr therapy i think for anxiety is so mm. like awesome mm. is the the frontline treatment for anxiety is yeah. exposure therapy yeah right yeah right. and one of the there's there's a couple of ways that you can go about doing that you can do um imaginary exposure mm. where the person kind of goes through the process of kind of imagining that or um you know with say specific phobias like spiders you start off with pictures of spiders and then you eventually move up to the real thing yeah this kind of like provides almost like a bit of a, a bit of a bridge almost between that that imaginary uh, exposure yeah. and then the actual real right. thing okay yeah or like you know as a, as a subs or, or as a um you know, a, a tool that's maybe a bit better than the imagine, mm. imaginary exposure because you kind of like yeah. in it, you're ex- you, you, to a certain extent experiencing yeah. it. Um, that's why I think what what makes it so I think exciting from a psychological perspective, like VR for the treatment of anxiety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as as I was kind of mentioning <laughs> there, it's like there's so many different anxiety disorders out there <laughs> that it's like you need to prove scientifically that it's effective for each like the indiv- oh, individually yeah, individually yeah. like you know so vr for social anxiety vr for generalized anxiety vr for agoraphobia and right That's all of these take things. a while yeah and so all that. That, yeah. that requires a lot of a lot of research and i think there still needs needs to be more more of that <laughs> you know I was, I was literally in work today and like walking past like the IT department, <laughs> and there was like an IT guy with like VR goggles and yeah. like and, like those ones like waving them around. I was like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "Oh no, I'm, I'm test." He was like testing out the VR tech for like a clinical trial that they were doing. Yeah, yeah. It's like that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's very funny. <laughs> There's lots of um, I think lots of trials on on that sort of stuff going on at the moment because yeah. it's it's such um, I it's such an exciting space mm. to be a part of it, and I yeah. think this is like um one of those areas where when I was thinking like technology and mental health, yeah, like I, I get a bit excited about it. And I think these were the sort of things that, that kind yeah. of were making me excited. Yeah. Um, is that sense of there's, I think the real potential to do a lot of really like meaningful things within, within the therapeutic space. Mm. Um, similar to like other apps and stuff you get mm. on the internet as well. I guess going back to some of the cons, you are kind of subjected to the sort of like overselling that maybe comes with like other apps that are out there. Oh yeah. Like on, on, um, um, you know, like the app store and all that, like, like, uh, like overselling the sort of service that you're providing and trying, I guess, to market it and all of those sorts of things as being like oh, a really sure. effective sort of, sort of therapy. <laughs> you, you, you know what it comes to, like, it's not really therapy. What like comes to mind is like those like brain training games. Yeah. Where like, they promise you, you'll be this much smarter and you'll be this much quicker at things. There's not really like, as far as I can tell, there's not really any like evidence to suggest that brain yeah. training actually does anything at all. It's more just like yeah. playing random games, which is fun, but like it's kind of giving you the illusion that you're doing work. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that's, that's exactly it. That's like, you know, when you, when you maybe combine that with, with, um, you know, a population that maybe isn't, um, um, w- well-versed in, in the literature and, and what's actually, what's actually happening. Um, you, you can, you can mislead a lot of people into, you know, paying subscriptions for something that 
mm. doesn't do what it says it's going to do. Yeah, um, yeah I've, I've uh, fallen for that trap yeah. with um, life organization <laughs> apps. So I've yeah. tried so many of them to like, like paid like a bit of money, a bit of a subscription. I'm like, oh, this one's promised that it'll solve all my disorganization. And look, look how cool it looks. I'm going to get this one <laughs> every time. It gets me every time. Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, look, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> you just, uh, when it's like you have a problem and that promises for like a couple of bucks, it'll fix that problem. It's like, well, maybe I'll give it a try. <laughs> yeah. It's too easy. Yeah. And, it is, yeah. and it is. It's will, this, will this fix all of my life problems for $2? I don't know, but I'm willing. <laughs> $2 seems awfully Yeah, cheap. like I'll give up a cheeseburger yeah. for maybe yeah. the solution to every life problem I It'd have. It'd be rude not to. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I guess they're the main sort of like pros and cons regarding technology and its use in, in mental health care. I think they're things that people need to be mindful of if they are going to be applying certain mm. uses of technology into their everyday care. And especially when it comes down to recommending them as, um, you know, efficacious. Yeah. So is it really like modes. it's... It's just like, would you say it's just as like, um, significant as kind of like recommending a particular modality of just like regular therapy? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Like, yeah. so if I went out there and I created a form of therapy, let's call it Jesse's beer therapy. Ooh. Okay. And I'm I, excited. And I go out there Sounds and really I, I create one really cooked piece of research that's just <laughs> flawed in a million ways. And it says... <laughs> It says Jesse's beer therapy <laughs> is ten out of ten the best therapy that's that's ever been invented, right? I'm a bot. Nobody <laughs> in the therapeutic community would look at that and be like, "Yeah, I'm going to apply that to, to the work that I do." For Aaron and, Rajamani. <laughs> and, and, and that's a good thing because we had a whole bunch of people out there picking up, a, like you're know, looking at Jesse's beer therapy and being like, yeah, let's just apply this. Like we don't need to look at the research backing behind it. It sounds tasty. Let's go for it. Um, that'd be that'd be problematic. Yeah. <laughs> and so in the, same, in the same way, we don't want, um, I guess, we, we want to be yeah. at least trying to make sure that what we are doing is, um, you know, has some degree of credibility and, and, and research yeah, behind yeah. it. That is, that is probably the big takeaway that uh, that I I got from um, from all of this and mm. and would be I guess if if I was to try and drill in one takeaway to yeah. our listeners that would that would be it as well you know do your research yeah okay yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid I'm afraid of the technology yeah. now it's coming for me <laughs> <laughs> uh, um yeah right I'm enjoying this beer Aaron have you have you almost finished I'm, yeah, I'm nearly done. Wow, eh? And it's a big can. Mm. We didn't actually mention how big the can is. It's like it's like 1.5 the size of a normal can. Yes, it is 440 mils. What would happen if we drank two of these cans, Jesse? That would be um, approximately 3.4 standard drinks. Wow, okay. Now, Aaron, I don't know about you, but um, I'm pretty good at math. Are you? Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm not. I don't know. Now... Yeah. 3.4 standard drinks is more than the recommended two standard drinks in your first hour of alcohol <laughs> consumption, Aaron. That's correct. And what would that be? That would be maybe a little irresponsible. Yes. So we wouldn't oh. We wouldn't drink two of these in one hour. No, we wouldn't. No. Yeah, you're right. Mm. I was thinking about it, but you've really pulled me up. I really had a real think about who I am as a person, yes. and I will only drink... One of these moo brews today. Thank you. <laughs> really, I've really turned the corner. Yes. <laughs> Very good, <Aaron. laughs> Um, Yeah, no, good. <laughs> I'm glad we're going to have this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I want to finish off with 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 one one thing. <laughs> it's getting worse and worse. One. <laughs> what the way we do the yeah. responsible drinking? <laughs> Literally just garbage now. <laughs> what do you mean it's garbage? <laughs> We're giving a good message. Don't don't drink irresponsibly, Aaron. Okay. <laughs> the message is there. I agree. I hundred percent agree, and I'm on board. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> when you think about the future of technology and its application to mental health care, mm. where does your mind take you? <laughs> where does my mind take me? Yeah. 
oh, to the future. Yeah. Um, one day, we will... I'm imagining I'm just working from home, and then when I want to see a client, I put on my VR headset... And they put on their VR headset, and then we're in a, like a virtual therapy room oh. where it's hanging out. And then I have a shark for a head because I'm an avatar. <laughs> It'll be great. I haven't even <laughs> thought of that. Though. Not like the shark bit. That's a load of shit. Um, oh, how <laughs> dare you? You asked me. This is my world. Yeah, no, the, the, the whole part where you both put on like VR headsets from like a different room, and then you, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. I haven't thought of that before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mm. that'd be cool. Um, I mean, I mean that already exists. I mean, like virtual rooms via VR has been around for like years and years. Like mm-hmm. VR chats, I'm pretty sure that's the most popular VR like app in the world. Oh, really? Yeah, which yeah. is just people hanging out in rooms with okay. avatars talking. I'm not too well versed in VR. It yeah, well, I mean, I don't have a VR yeah. headset. I'm just kind of generally aware. But yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's um, but I mean, I think it's a while away because VR is still super expensive. Mm. Like that'd be like. When the average person can afford VR, which will probably be a while. Yeah, you yeah, know that'd be that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I reckon that would be sweet. Um, what about you? Just you just if you want like to like you know like if you want to like get rid of anxiety, you just download the No More Anxiety app and just like upload it into your brain. Like, you know, like the Matrix, you know, like they, they download Kung Fu. Yeah. Download No Anxiety. Yeah, download No Anxiety. Download No Anxiety. Yeah. Then you're just the best. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to that. <sighs> I mean, that might put me out of a job, but, you know. It would, I think it would put it out think, of a job. But I wouldn't be very stressed about not having a job, which would be great. One <laughs> <laughs> of the things I feel like I have to do so much psychoeducation on with, with clients is how, like, anxiety is a useful emotion. <laughs> I feel like downloading no anxiety would just like be like oh. that would be like very like, bad. Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh, it's a busy street, but I want to go over there. I guess we'll just cross and see what happens. Yeah. yeah. Oh. oh dear. Yeah, I, I wouldn't about, get around that one. What about you? You got any got any predictions? I can't wait for Empathy Bot Nine Thousand to take me out of the job. <laughs> Do you reckon? Like I know, like there's like a lot of talk about like you know, like robots will replace everyone, yeah. and I've always imagined on oh, nah, social work you'll never replace that with a robot. I want to talk to a robot. Do you reckon there is a future in which like robots replace us as look? People? I'd, l- I'd like to hope not. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, like I, I reckon it'll be tried. Yeah, mm. but someone someone will do it. They'll give it a crack. Yeah, yeah. Um, um yeah. No, I don't. I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to be taken out of the. Feels job. like a very sad world. I like what I do. Yeah, so it's, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pays the bills. Yeah. <laughs> um, if only this podcast would pay the bills, and I could finally retire. Mm. Retire on my mountain of podcast cash. And we need to um, need to start hitting up beer companies for sponsorships. <laughs> yeah. Just let's just go full sellout. Sell out immediately. Uh, yeah, that's no, good. Stop idea. talking mental health and just talk beers. <laughs> just, it's just beers. <laughs> Be good, uh, and it, every week is just either VB or Carlton Draft, nothing else. Just alternate between the two. In VB or Carlton Draft, yeah, just yeah. be VB. What you don't like Carlton Draft, Jesse? Jesse, please. Carlton Draft is definitely superior to VB. I'm gonna go right up to my mic and state that again. Carlton Draft. I mean, the superior brew. Oh, my doorbell rang. Um, I'm not gonna answer that. We're in the middle of a podcast. Oh, but what if what if someone needs to come in? Okay, I'll, I'll pause the podcast. <laughs> so that was my neighbor very kindly dropping off a parcel that he picked up from the postman because um, they needed a signature. So I nearly left oh, wow. Ian at the door hanging, which yeah. would have been very harsh. It would have been very rude because you can probably <laughs> hear us just up here oh, talking yeah. and laughing. Yeah, we have to belt the door open. Oh, no, yeah. You look like a real ass. Yeah, well, uh, thank you, Jesse, for saving me for myself. Yeah. No, that's that's okay. It probably came at, at, at a good time. Um, I reckon we uh, should probably start reviewing this beer, Aaron. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think this beer tastes 
pretty good. I mean, like it's it's just like a very just like chill, inoffensive pale ale, right? Mm. It's not strong. It's like a, it's got a bit of hop to it, but only like very slightly, like a bit of like something something at the back of your throat at the end. I feel like yeah, it's not not um, abrasive at all, is it? Nah, nah, um, super chill. Um, yeah. Tastes like the Tasmanian wilderness. Mm. I can imagine it tasted <laughs> even better out of that mug. Very iconic. Yeah. An iconic brew in this like, mug. Yeah. Mm. Delicious. Um, yeah, no. I'd recommend it. It's not bad. Um, yeah, look. I don't know. I don't know how. I, I've been criticized. I, I've been criticized for not giving much detail in my reviews of beers and i will definitely take that and so i'm like how can i give this more like what is what is more to give no. from this description of this beer no, i think i think um while, <laughs> no, while the criticism help. while the criticism is is fair I, yeah. I don't think we do the best job of reviewing beers aaron um no i don't think we're about to um <laughs> Sorry, um, give up immediately. If, if you want, if you want, if you want beer reviews, like, don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> it's in the title. Oh, no. It's so, so misleading. <laughs> it's literally the icon of our podcast. A cat. All right, um, but look, it's a very smooth, nice pale ale. If you like pale ale, you'll love this. Mm. Like, yeah, it's good stuff. Mubru, um, Tazzy Pale. Good, get on it. Yeah, I'd drink two, just not in one hour. <laughs> yeah, good, good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and this is my scan. Cool. Yeah, best beer ever. Best beer ever. Good. Okay. Yeah, good. Yeah. All Very right. Good. Uh, yeah, cool. That's it, I guess. Amazing. I've learned a lot. I've learned not to trust the robots because they're coming for us with their um, lack of peer-reviewed studies. Yes, you need to <laughs> embrace our robot overlords, Aaron. Just let it let it happen. Okay. Yeah, you give me mixed messages, but look, it's fine. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, uh, for listening. Hope you enjoyed. Um, yeah, we'll be back soon for another one. I'm really excited for the next one. Got a, Ooh, got, a yes. got a guest, which is very exciting. Very nice. Yeah. All right. Cool. All so, right. Yeah. See you guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to Be a Supervision, the podcast where we talk about the joys of working in mental health over a cold brew. If you could leave us a rating on iTunes, that would really help us out, or share it with someone who might find it helpful. If you'd like to contact us with feedback or questions, or even just to say hi, definitely do at beersupervisionpodcast at gmail.com. And you can find Beer Supervision on Facebook and Twitter. Our opinions are our own, the beers we drink are chosen just by us, and we don't receive any sponsorships. We'll see you next time.